Hey ladies and gents and welcome to episode 105 of the Controlled Interest Gamecast where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. As always, I'm joined by Dom. Jared, I played Paladins. I can't even, <laughs> I don't even, I don't even know who I am. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm Jared, your host. Uh, yeah, let's get into what we've been playing before we hear about your uh, tales with Paladins. Uh, for me, been grinding away more at Octopath Traveler. I really want to get back to Hollow Knight. Obviously, you're going to talk a little bit about it. Um, try to avoid spoilery stuff, obviously, for me. Um, but I've just been grinding away at Octopath, and JRPGs are, like, real grindy. So I'm just going away at that, having fun with that. I don't want to talk about it too much because I don't think I've reached a stage where there's a lot of like a lot more valuable information I can say about it. Um, but just been going away at that. Uh, what else have, have you been playing? You, well, really quick, though. I, I know you've been talking about it a lot, and maybe you're not that far yet, like you mentioned. But you mentioned it's you've been grinding. Are you, have you hit several points where like you're like oh crap i gotta go level up for a while is that no a thing that's happening because i'm more of the person that like when i start seeing enemies pop up and i see their levels i see where it's like trending towards so i'll just i grind before i'm told to grind if that makes sense ah, i'm like oh i should probably smart. be about around this level once i hit this next kind of area or so i do it the mm -hmm. same way in pokemon um so i haven't reached like a hard wall um i have reached a couple of places where like my guys needed a couple of levels, which isn't too bad, but I've been kind of fine with that. Um, going into a JRPG like that, I knew there was going to be grinding. It's just something I, I knew going in, so I'm not like disappointed by it or like thrown off by it because it was something I was prepared for. But the game does have grinding in it. Like, if you're not prepared to grind, then um, you're you're probably going to be disappointed or a little bit upset uh, playing it. But, yeah, enjoying my as time with it. As long as the combat's good, right? Yeah, did I? Were you on when I talked about who I started with and stuff? I'm pretty sure you were. Probably, Maybe. I think so, and I just don't remember. But I remember I, you saying I started with Cyrus, who's the scholar, and his ability is that. Oh, yep. Yeah, his battle ability is that you can see weaknesses, and then his like mm. overworld ability is that you can like scrutinize people and find information. And I'm really enjoying that. I started with him. Um, a couple of the other stories I've seen are are pretty cool. Uh, it's definitely a game like I talked about before when I initially told you about me starting it. Is Look up the eight characters before you start it and find out which one you think will have, A, the, the best abilities for your playstyle off the bat, and B, the more interesting story in terms of their occupation. Because you can kind of get a read, you know, reading what occupation they are. Um, and yeah, it's I'm having a good time one, with that. One last question, one last question, I swear. This is, this is it. Um, is there difficulty settings? Good question. I don't remember. Uh, right. I'm going to look it up. Yeah. Sometime later. <laughs> I, th I think so. I think there's normal and easy. Man, you really threw me for a loop because I'm trying to, you know, like, when I am when I started the game, I'm trying to remember if I, I picked a character, but nowhere in there do I remember picking a difficulty setting, but I could just be misremembering it. Good question. I, I, I have no idea. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say one or the other. I don't remember. So, um, I've been playing Marvel Strike Force as well, that mobile game. Uh, playing is, like, loose. It's like I'm committed to it or anything. I just you know open it up whenever i need a couple of minutes to waste um it's fine it's whatever um what else i've been i started young justice season two so i don't think i don't know are you ever going to watch the first season of young justice dom i don't know if you're interested in or not um no so the second season of young justice uh starts off with a five-year time jump from the first season which is kind of crazy i didn't expect that to happen so the first season ends with six members of the Justice League, including like the big boys, Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman, getting mind-controlled and disappearing for 16 hours and not knowing what happened during that 16 hours, like what they did. The second season starts with you, the immediate ramifications of trying to figure out what exactly happened. Um, and in the five-year time jump, uh, Dick Grayson Robin became Nightwing, and the new Robin on the team is Tim Drake. Um, and there's a bunch of new characters. There's like Blue Beetle and Beast Boy and stuff like that. And uh, it's really interesting. I've never seen a show uh, for me that has gone through this big of a time jump between seasons. It's crazy. Like five years. These, yeah. all, all these kids went from being like between 13 and 16 to like in their 20s, 18 to like 20s. That's, and there, there's I mean, that's newer almost a new show. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's so most of the most of the characters from the first season are either in the Justice League or we don't know where they are and there's like episodes that showcase what's happened to them since and the the majority of the team now is new members but they have a lot of cool ties so 
I don't want to go on this too long, but in the first season, this kid gets hurt that lives on an animal reservation, and him and his mom, he gets hurt, and Miss Martian gives him a blood transfusion to save his life. In season two, that kid is actually Beast Boy, and he gained those powers from getting the blood transfusion from Miss Martian, and it kind of ties into his origin of, like, he Martians can shapeshift, and because... The reason he can shapeshift into animals is because he grew up on an animal reservation and it's kind of all he knows. You know what I mean? So he can transform into animals and his mom dies in like a car wreck with a villain from the first season. And that's why he's now with Young Justice because he doesn't really have nowhere to go. So they do a good job of like tying in origin stories from the first season that you didn't even know were origin stories. You know, you just thought this dumb kid was getting a blood transfusion, but it ties back. Um, there's a yeah, there's a kid that goes to high school with the Young Justice crew in the first season, and you don't really see the high school that much. You maybe see it in, like, five one-minute scenes throughout the entire, like, 25-episode season. And one of the kids from that first season is now in Young Justice as well um, as one of the members. So it's, it's really interesting how everything's tying tying back to one another. Um, and I'm having a blast with it. It's a, it's a really cool show. Um, I was planning to watch 8th Grade, which has been getting, like, crazy good reviews. Oh, yeah. Directed by Bo Burnham, who's arguably one of my favorite comedians outside of George Carlin. Yeah, and uh, apparently it's, like, phenomenal. Like, it captures being an 8th grader uh, for people. And uh, it's getting, like, yeah. rave reviews and awards and stuff. So I need to get around to that. But, yeah, not a busy week for me. Just pretty much Octobath Traveler and uh, Marvel Strike Force when I got a chance. And there was also a new PUBG update that just, like, made everything work a lot better. Uh, so... Yeah, pretty much it for me. What about you? I want to hear about this uh, Paladins first. I've played Paladins, and I didn't really like it. So, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I just got the banner ad, you know, on the left side of the Switch when you open it or whatever, and it says, Paladins is now free to play. Download now. Oh, I forgot it's on Switch, yeah. And and so I very reluctantly downloaded it. I was like, oh, whatever. Let's see what this is. I knew I only knew of it as, like, a more colorful kind of, um, you know, arcade FPS, right? Um, Knock off all Overwatch I knew. is what most people call it, unfortunately. Okay, yeah, I could yeah. see that. Um, yeah. I'm not overly familiar with Overwatch either. But anyway, so I downloaded it. I'm like, whatever, I want to see how this is. Because like, I had tried Fortnite on the Switch briefly, and I just couldn't. I was just, I just can't do this. Um, I played like one match and just uninstalled and like, goodbye. Um, and so this, I thought, well, at least it's a first-person thing, and I want to see how a first-person shooter like works on a Switch. Just, you know just a baseline right because i'm kind of interested in like picking up like doom on switch one day or maybe even wolfenstein but i thought oh i'll just try to download this and see like you know see how it feels to like especially in handheld mode to see how it feels to play it you know first person shooter on the switch um and the answer is not good it does not feel good at all (laughs) um the first thing i do is i get into a match and sensitivity is extremely low extremely low right like you're 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 like you're moving like a robot (laughs) yep so i go in the settings crank that bad boy up a few notches and all of a sudden i'm like okay i see why they put it so low because i mean it's on a handheld it's really tough and on a small screen it's tough to aim when i'm used to playing you know even if i go back like playing call of duty like with really high sensitivity and halo as well i always had to crank it like pretty much usually always to the max that the sensitivity was allowed um so it was fast right and that's what i'm used to but that doesn't work on a handheld at all because <laughs> then you're just like zooming all over and just way too much um so i had to like meet somewhere in the middle and it was, it was a little bit better but ultimately i'm like it's just not ideal on a on, in a handheld mode um maybe if you did like tabletop mode it'd be better but just the small screen at least for competitive a competitive shooter i just don't think the switch is a good place for that um the game itself, I don't know. I played two matches. I actually did pretty well. The first match I had a couple of kills, only died once or twice. Um, I didn't play enough to like understand any of what was really going on or how the, most of the mechanics work. I was just running around shooting people. Um, I never picked a game mode. I just said play now, so I don't really know what the deal was with that. But I do know that after each of the matches, like it was just real in my face about like you need to buy more. I don't even know what they called it. Buy more gems to get stuff, yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I'm obviously not going to do that. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on. And what, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, yeah I, don't have, I, I don't have too much else to say about it. I'm not, I don't have, like, a critical impression. I was just – that was it just something that happened. I couldn't even believe I did it. It, was, it wasn't terrible. I mean, 
it's it's something. It'll probably do well on the Switch, I imagine. Um, well, that's funny. Now that you mention that, that's one thing I'll give Fortnite props for, even though I'm not a huge fan of it. I've obviously played it here and there, and then I played it with my friends because some of my friends enjoy it. I've never felt like overtly pressured by the microtransactions in that game. Like I don't remember yeah. ever seeing like buy V Bucks now, which is like pretty extraordinary for a game that makes billions of dollars based off of like microtransactions. Exactly. So I'll, I'll give props to Fortnite for that because now that you said that with Paladins, I was thinking like, yeah, it's free to play, and then I was thinking of Fortnite. I'm like, yeah, wow, Fortnite never really is in your face about that stuff. So there's a silver well, lining I, to a game we don't really like. <clears throat> And I think it's not just as simple as like, well, treat your customer better and then they'll be more willing to pay for it. And I think it's more strategic than that. And Fortnite just does a better job because it's like, it's goddamn annoying when they shove it in your face all the time. Um, and it just kind of like turns you off and you're like, I don't, and you know. props to them. For them owning the engine, they make use of it because they put out new skins and like, there's so many cosmetics in that game, right, for Fortnite. So there's your pickaxe, there's your costume, there's your backpack, there's the animation of when you're, like, your your parachute, and then there's the animation for your parachute going to the ground, right? So it's, like, four or five things right there that you can monetize. And I think the way it works, I'll, I, might, I can get corrected if I'm wrong, they have, like, the premium section of, like, four items that update every three days that are, like, the hot items, right? Like, the really, really cool ones. And then they have the ones that, like, change every day, and it's, like, some really cool skins or cosmetics and then a couple of dances or whatever, and that rotates all the time. So there's actually not a shop where you can go and buy literally any skin you want or any, like, cosmetic. You have to wait for it to come up in the in the rotation, which, A, makes it so it's not as predatory, right? Because it's, like, it's not saying, like, here's a whole shop full of things. I'm saying this from a business perspective. Like, there's not a whole shop of anything you can buy, but then it makes the consumer want it more because they're like, if I don't buy it now that it's here, when's the next time I'm going to see it in a rotation, right? So it lends yeah. to that point of, like, is it still going to be there? So I, it's very smart that way. Uh, there's the way they have there's a word. There's, like, a word or phrase for that. I can't remember what it is, but it, you just described it where it's, like, you make someone want something because it's you don't know when you're going to get it again, right? Um, it's just the way not, sales work. It's like here's something that you were never going to buy anyways, but because it's $5 off, you you all of a sudden want to spend the money you would have never spent. You know what I mean? So it's like right. it's getting you to spend I, money you weren't going to spend anyways. And I, I, I personally, I hate that shit. Um, yeah. Here's a, here's a flashback, and we're spending our time here in this segment, but that's all right. Um, back to like RuneScape days. I remember um, – by the way, I hate it RuneScape. Wasn't... <laughs> Just throwing that. Yeah, out there. I mean it's yeah. trash or whatever. But uh, you know, when different when tastes. I was like, yeah, I don't know, ten or whatever. You know what I mean? It was like I had never played an MMO before, and it was like, holy crap! There's all, these are all people. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, they had like uh, holiday themed quests or whatever, and there was like a, a Halloween one, right? And you could only by doing like, these limited availability quests. You know, they only were active for a, a few days or whatever that weekend of Halloween. You could get these like certain like Halloween hats and masks and stuff, right? Whatever, and and I had missed it because I was doing other things, you know, having doing real life things, and I just didn't play that. I, whatever, and then like seeing people, a couple of people describe, it, I was like, wow, man, like where'd you get that hat? Where'd you get that orange fucking Santa hat thing? I'm like, yeah, man, you had to do this quest. I'm like, oh well, how do I, you know, how do I activate the quest? Well, you can't now. It was only this weekend. I remember that like pissing me off and that's one of the few things I remember about the game but like I hated that and so it sounds like that's kind of the same kind of strategy that Fortnite's doing where oh this is what's on this is not not just like what's on sale this week as a discount but like this is all there is and it's a constantly rotating type of thing and I just hate that because it it really it really gives it it just drives into a certain part of psychology right where like you just make everyone not want to miss out I, just, yeah. I don't know. That's, it, that kind of rubs me the wrong way. And it's funny how different brains work differently uh, because for me, I see it in a way of like, oh, so it's rotating, which means that – and obviously I'm not a huge fan of Fortnite. I'm just pretending – taking the devil's advocate, right? If I was somebody who bought skins, the way I would approach it if I was into Fortnite is like for me – I'd be like, okay, I'll just wait for the skin I really, really want to pop up and then I'll purchase it and then that's whatever. Yeah. I don't even see it as like an issue of like, you know – Oh, I'm going to miss it. It's just like whenever the one I want, what I would do personally is I would go through and see what skins have they made. That's the one I want. I'll just wait for that to pop up. Whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's but, and that's <laughs> ideal. Yeah. Where it gets you is when all your friends have it, right? 
Yeah. And then and then you're like, well, shit, I want to. They're all we're all talking about. We all got this skin and whatever it is. And then like you want it too, just to be a part of the group or whatever. But that to... also goes into how much you're you personally are pressured by peer pressure, right? So well, like right. people people are affected by it differently. Like obviously, there's some people who are really mm-hmm. affected like that uh, because they want to fit in socially. For me, I'm just one of those people. I've never cared about peer pressure. I've never felt the need to like drink or do drugs or even not even like extreme stuff like that or like just be pressured to do some dumb shit that kids do. You know, like jump off of a roof of like an eight foot building or something. Eight foot's a little yeah. short. You know what I mean? But, like just do dumb shit as kids. I've never been pressured to. I'm just like, no, I'm not going to be stupid. So like for me, that doesn't affect me either. But to your point, it's like mm-hmm. everybody's brains work differently, and for some people, that shit gnaws at you. You know what I mean? So I completely understand why it would uh, come right be. Bothered. That's what they're counting on, right? They're yeah. they're weaponizing peer pressure for they're sales, not, which is freaking genius. They don't care about but... me buying stuff. They they're, they're, they're I'm not their target audience. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That's just that's my hot take. Um, they can they get away with something like that. Because it's they're not doing it the more obvious kind of way of shoving it in your face like you need to buy this you, need, you know fifty crystals for ten dollars and you know what I mean constantly in your face it's a more subtle kind of kind of system which is uh, apparently obviously it's working real darn well for them so uh, before you get into the, what else you've been playing the other thing I wanted to mention is earlier we were talking about the sensitivity for paladins right. And that's another thing, dude, that, like, obviously we've talked about both of us growing up playing, like, Modern Warfare, uh, the first one, Call of Duty 4, and I was pretty good at that game. Like, I, I'm usually humble in a lot of things, but if I'm going to brag about being really good at something, I was, like, really good at COD 4. Me too, man. Uh, it's just, it's a game we played so much, why wouldn't we be good at it, right? And... I used to be called, like, the world's slowest ninja because in almost every shooter... Um, obviously there's cases where it's different. I usually go default sensitivity one lower. And for some reason that works for me. I don't know why. I know I'm a lot slower than other people, but for me, I don't know if it's at my reaction speed or something like that, but it just feels better for me. And I've always been made fun of for that because I'm usually at the top of the charts in terms of like kill KD and stuff like that. But my sensitivity is so low, and I all the friends I've ever played with are like you. Crank it up to max, or like just below max. And I'm like, yeah. go to default, one below, and it just works perfectly for me. I don't know why. I've I've heard of some people doing that. It, it's totally it's it probably has to do with the play style, right? Like yeah, the way you walk around and things like that. And hey, if it works, it works. It's not necessarily like you know you have to do it this way to be good. Um, I'm more of a breach and clear instead of a running gun. So like running gun, obviously you want the high sensitivity because you need like a lot of quick paced movement. Whereas like I play more breach and clear. So it's like room to room kind of play style. So it fits me perfectly, you know, interesting though. What else have you been playing? Uh, Otherwise it's since we last talked, I finally finished hollow Knight, or at least, um, I mean, the game made it a point when I when the credits rolled it showed me that I was only fifty percent done with the game apparently, which I was kind of like, all right. And then based on what you told me, we're like, you really there's a you know there's a true ending. You got to go back, and I don't even really know what I'm supposed to go back and do. I know I found this little arena area like this. Uh, I want to say it's called Trial of Fools or something. I didn't even mess around with it. I think and honestly, I'm like, I didn't. Quick. I wasn't motivated to go back at all. Yeah. I hate. I guess I said the wrong thing when I said true ending because to me true ending is like Batman Arkham Knight where like you need to get all the Riddler trophies and you get this secret scene that like nobody saw right. For okay. Apollo Knight, it's more of just like extra content. I think a majority of the stuff post game is like DLC they released for free. Maybe not free, but it's free to us because we bought the Switch version, not the PC version at launch. Um, and there's actually another piece of DLC coming out. I think in the next couple of months that's free to us that have already okay. that already own it. Um, then I'll yeah. definitely hang around for that. Yeah, so like pitching it as true ending, I think I misspoke there and led you to believe something that you, isn't the case. You might not have even said that. You might have said a different word. I don't yeah, <laughs> but it's not necessarily a true ending. It's just like more game, I guess, after you beat it, you know. Hence the okay. point of like 50% completion and stuff like that. And who knows what plays into that percentage? If is, is it just bosses you kill? Is it items you haven't bought yet? Like what goes into that percentage, you know, specifically? Mm-hmm. So... But so if I were to go back, is it like there's not like new areas, right? That I missed or things like that. From what I've read, because obviously I haven't been in the game yet. I'm behind you, but I've read a lot about Hollow Knight. And from what I've read, there are some new areas, but some of it is like an area you already knew with a new entrance or a new area or something like that. 
Um, okay. Yeah. Kind of like, yeah, slight differences and stuff like that. Um, so I know, obviously, you don't know how you feel about going and playing more of it afterwards. But, like, the game that you've played, would you... A, did you really enjoy your time with it? Because it sounds like you did. And B, in the world of Game of the Year, obviously, I know you're super high on God of War. But say, not counting God of War, would you say this is up there for you for Game of the Year? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's kind of a... It, this is a tougher conversation for, like, us to have. Because, I mean, out of the games out of games that have come out in 2018, I've played, I don't know, five. <laughs> so, um, yeah. so, naturally, this is in the top five. But, I mean, but even if I had played... 10 i would assume that this would still be up there so far right um yeah it's not god of war i i had some issues along the way with i, I mentioned it a few weeks ago with we talked about it yes yeah some of the progression but then even later on i kind of like i hit a certain point where i didn't really need to go and get more charms or whatever i had a couple and i never felt i needed to go back and find more and do those or whatever and i upgraded my nail a few times and i was like i'm good with this so the last probably quarter of the game, I think, I was just riding out with the same gear and the same moves or whatever. Um, and I know, I, I know, there's a f- at least a few spells I didn't get either. Um, I wouldn't say it's a bad I mean, thing though. I mean, it's no, yeah. yeah, it's not a bad thing. I just it, it eventually became a thing of like, I'm Min-maxing. just I'm just rolling with this stuff. Yeah, um, and I'm yeah I'm learning how to play with this, and I don't really feel I don't really. Only one point did one boss get me to a point where like maybe I need to go and find some different charms, but I'm like. I don't, these charms are really well optimized to beat this boss. I'm like, I already have a, I had just gotten a new health container or whatever. I'm like, I'm not going to go find three more of those things. They're fucking impossible to find. It's a, like, that's a journey to upgrade a whole health nugget or whatever they call us. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So I was like, I'm just not going to put in the work to go upgrade my guy anymore. I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to keep rolling. Um, but, but overall, no, I really liked it. The, the final boss was, was fantastic it was a really good fight um but then what he does you said you haven't gotten there yet yeah okay i won't spoil spoil it entirely though but it's a really cool thing they do um not just like it's not like it's more than it's just a fun fight but like how the boss behaves okay. is really interesting that's all i'll say so cool. i don't want to ruin it it's pretty cool you'll notice yeah um and then it plays in a it plays in a, a little bit into the fight itself Again, I, I won't say too much. I'll let you finish it because it's uh, it was pretty cool. And when I was happening, I, when it was happening, I was like, "Oh man, it's just interesting." I I don't think I've ever played a game that I probably have. I'm sure there's other games that have done this, but I just gotta stop talking about it, and we'll, we'll talk about it again later. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, and the ending was, you know, it was it was kind of the kind of ending you expect out of this game. Um, very very Dark Soulsy kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I didn't get too deep into a lot of the lore. I just kind of like was at like the surface level stuff, um, but it was interesting enough. So, yeah, no, it was a, it was a really cool game. I think uh, it was fun. It was perfect on Switch. It, con- it controls really well. They're really tight. Um, it was yeah. It, it reminds me a lot of Shovel Knight, but more actiony and like with a with its own unique kind of vibe and atmosphere with combat. That's like, oh, like I said, more actiony, kind of like Bloodborne. I don't know. It was a really cool game. Very unique. Um, and well worth the fifteen dollars it costs. Like holy shit! Yeah, I would have paid thirty for it. It's, and then you, and now you just mentioned there's DLC that's potentially free. So I don't know. Uh, awesome game. I definitely recommend it. So Hollow Knight's cool. And the crazy thing is, such a the game of the year. First off, it's going to be in game of the year conversations. I know people are like, "What it came out on PC last year? It released on console this year." And that's like for our specific podcast. That's kind of what matters to us, you know. <laughs> yeah. So it's whatever. Right. Anyways, um, like I think God of War will uh probably be in my game of the year discussion i don't know how high it'll be um but when i get a playstation i get around to playing it i think it'll be up there in some part some somewhere but uh that hollow knight is incredible and then celeste which a lot of people forget about early in the year Mm. like i loved celeste so much the game is so good um and then like i think red dead for me will be a contender and then spider-man there's a lot of games coming i'm octopath is weird for me because it's a game i'm enjoying but I don't know if I like, if I love it or if I think it's like great. You know what I mean? For right now, it feels like comfort food or like junk food. You know what I mean? So I don't know if where it's gonna land at. Um, I don't think it's bad by any means. I just don't see like the greatness in it. And partially that could be because I'm not like a huge JRPG guy, so it's hard for me sure. to find like extreme value in those type of games. Like 
what makes a great JRPG from like a okay JRPG or whatever. Um, it's just something I'm not super experienced in. I haven't played all 15 Final Fantasies. Um, yeah. yeah. Is it like maybe, you know what I was thinking? Um, like it's a phenomenal Switch game. But in the scope of all games, it's just a great game, which you know, still great, you know. But not, but as a Switch game, it's even better. I feel like yeah. The so vibe I get. the thing is, is that like I would recommend Hollow Knight and Celeste to like any of my friends if they ask me what's a what's a great game under twenty bucks, right? Um, and obviously, Octopath Traveler is like sixty, which a is another huge problem, but that has nothing to do with the quality of the game. But like Octopath is super niche, you know what I mean? And right. it's it's really good at the stuff it does for genre but it, it it's weird like i i i guess I, I agree with you it's a phenomenal switch game but if you hold it up to like just games in general it's okay it's like good well i know? mean would you have bought this on xbox you know very good question yeah uh if it was 60 dollars on xbox i probably wouldn't have bought it right. if this released on that, xbox kinda... the same day so if this released on Xbox instead of releasing on Switch the same day it released, I would have bought Captain Toad instead. There you go. I mean, that yeah. that kind of was my point. Where like, I, I'm like, I'm still borderline. I might wait for, if it goes on sale, even like five or ten bucks, then I'll probably grab it. Um, just because I'm actually not looking for something on Switch. I mean, I downloaded goddamn Paladins anyway. Um, so I still might grab Octopath at some point here. But yeah, if it wasn't on Switch, it was only on like Xbox or PlayStation. I probably wouldn't really consider it very much i have another thing for you real quick before i hop into news would you consider the Mega Man x collection no i i saw that and i thought about it but i here's the thing let me let me let me let me say something real quick so i remember you saying that you've tried Mega Man, right or it just doesn't seem for you no i've never even tried it so. okay so the first the the regular Mega Man games the Mega Man legacy collection games those are like very obtuse and like hard and like pixel perfect and like unforgiving in like a not a super great way right um i like them but like i think they're very much not user friendly to people who aren't familiar the Mega Man x games are way more friendly faster paced um a lot different like if you were to ever jump into Mega Man, I think the Mega Man X collection would be a great value for you, the first one. Second one, from what I've heard, the, like, the second half of X games are not great, but the first half are, like, arguably the best Mega Man games ever. Um, if you were to jump in, I think Mega Man X would be a really cool place for you to jump in, because it is faster-paced, um, the gameplay's a little bit different. It is still hard, like, I'm not saying it's the easier one. But it's not as, like, obtuse and, like, a weird, like, NES old game way, if that makes sense, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I do think there's a possibility that you would like Mega Man X. If that goes on sale, that might be something you want to look at. And I know, like, I'm telling you, the first the first set of games are, like, I understand why you wouldn't even want to touch them. But the X games are completely different. They still function as 2D platformers, but they play entirely different than the original Mega Man games. I will certainly look... Um... I'll take a closer look just because you said that. And that's, that's, you know, that was my fear. Kind of like, these are extremely difficult kind of, yeah. Um, games you, and I don't like the aesthetic. I think the mega man looks stupid, <laughs> frankly. And that's always what he's been to me. That's, I've yeah. never known much about mega man. Right. I'm just like, this guy looks really dumb with his blue armor and his goofy bike helmet, you know? <laughs> um, but to be honest, what else I was thinking about too, which I think would better scratch that itch for me right now is, Sonic Mania. I was like, I, I never did grab that. And Ooh, I'm not a huge Sonic guy, but I think that would that would scratch an itch right now that I that I didn't really know I had. I don't know. That's what else I was. I was. Well, right now too, you of, can but. recently the new thing came out with a couple of new characters, so I think there's more value in buying it now because you get those additional characters mm -hmm. and stuff. Because um, everyone loved the initial release of Sonic Mania. I just think the only criticism I heard of that game is that it's shorter than people wanted it to be. Which is like, what does that even mean? Um, yeah, but with this added, bucks, I mean. yeah, with this added content and stuff, that might be the better route. I mean, I'm not saying you need to get Mega Man X Collection now, but if one day you're like, hey, I'll give Mega Man a try, definitely look towards the first X Collection and don't even worry about the original Mega Man games for what you want okay. out of it. You don't even, yeah, don't even worry about it. Um, yeah. I guess we'll hop into the news now. Now you've been talking about what we've been playing. I, I'm, was that everything you've been playing, Tom? 
Uh, I mean, I also play... I've been playing Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. I've not okay. done yet, and being that it's like a five-hour walking simulator, I'll reserve my... I'll save my thoughts until I'm actually done with it, because I think, oh, you know, it'll be... It's hard to give it, you know, a half, half gameplay take or half playthrough take on a game like that, so... Who I'll did that it. game? Who did Everybody Goes to the Rapture? The Chinese Room. Or maybe it's just Chinese Room without a the. Chinese Room. What else are they known for? I'm trying to remember what else they make. Yeah, I'm not sure. They're working. Something. They're not the Jordan guys who know. are. They're not the guys who are working with the, uh, the Bulletstorm guys to make that like gothic game, right? Remember, there was a trailer that started like a walking sim, and then he like pulled out a gun. Maybe you don't know what I'm talking about. I don't even know. That sounds yeah. nuts, though. I kind of want to see it. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was an E3 or maybe Paris Games Week trailer where like it started off as a walking sim. You're walking like near this cathedral, and it's very gothic tones. It's like from the developers of. I think it was some some walking simulator, and you're like, oh, it's a walking sim, and he pulls out a shotgun. It's like, and the developers of Bulletstorm, and then it like goes crazy. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm sure, I'm just trying to look at it's. Uh, oh, that's what it is. So the Chinese roommate, Dear Esther, which I have played, oh. and they also made okay. Amnesia, which is like one of my favorite games of oh. all time. And then they made Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. And now they're making, or they released a game called So Let Us Melt that I never heard about. Um, and I guess p- people don't really know what they're, uh, oh, wow, that's what it was. They downsized. I forgot about that. They laid off everybody last year. Forgot about that. Hmm. Uh, anyways, let's get to the news this week. Uh, the first bit of news, a former Quantic Dream employee wins court case. If you remember earlier in the year, we talked about how Quantic Dream had some accusations of a toxic workplace and it turns out a court ruled in favor of a former employee who left due to these toxic workplace uh, conditions in this environment um and the interesting thing about this is that if you remember when these accusations were made quantic dream was not only upset about them but they actually filed a lawsuit against the french outlets that reported this um and also with this case that this employee won, there were two other employees who also had a case against Quantic Dream, and theirs were dismissed. Um, so I'm assuming maybe this one employee had more evidence, probably, right? Um, yeah. Maybe they were a little more targeted by or directly involved. These... Yeah. Yeah. It could be that the the way I see it, uh, one potential way of this happening is maybe the one that won was a potential victim of this, right? the sharing of these like lewd images or stuff like that. And mm-hmm. the other two employees maybe experienced it and were uncomfortable with it. You know what I mean? So they have less of a leg to stand on in terms of like, um, a lawsuit or something like that, or, or, uh, you know, workplace toxicity. It's, it's interesting. It's, it's weird because quantic dreams so vehemently deny these allegations and obviously, if this employee won this case, that means there was some validity to it. You know what I mean? How much that was, who knows? But there was some validity for a, a court yeah. to rule in favor in some manner. Um, that was that was my first like thought was because this is this is all in France, right? Yeah. So, you know, if that sort of thing happens here and someone wins a case against a company like that, then I'm like. I mean, we, we're more familiar with these kinds of cases and how our court systems work. And like, exactly, you yeah. would need some good hard evidence to win something like that. Um, maybe in France, they're like a little more heavy sided on like, you know, employee rights and that yeah. kind of thing. Um, and so maybe that it doesn't necessarily as strong of a thing as it might be here. There's certainly gotta be something. I don't know France to be good purely you know labor represented country but (laughs) so there's got to be something that the court you know decided but it might be different enough there where like you know by default the you know the employees get more side get sided with easier i don't know yeah i don't don't want to speak ignorantly but yeah that was something to think about though right like culturally and uh sociologically you have to think about like this court case isn't taking place in the united states you have to think about how representation and lawsuits and like in, like like you said, uh, with employees and how they view that the employee versus company kind of standpoint, like a lot mm-hmm. of that is different in a lot of other countries. So you kind of have to put that into your mind of like how much right. how much evidence uh, is needed to win a case. Like, exactly, and yeah. are you a part of a union? That kind of thing too. Exactly. Yeah. So that there's a lot there that plays into this, but I would say at least because they're still in France, this doesn't bode well to. Quantic Dreams, you know, 
defamation or whatever suit against the, the journalist who leaked it, right? If if there's an employee that has enough evidence that he won a case against them, I feel like the Quantic Dream is going to have a hard time proving that the the news outlets or whatever made things up intentionally to defame them. So I don't see that going well for Quantic Dream. But well, and the crazy thing too is you can, as a company, you can get really defensive if you develop a culture that seems fine, but as you bring in new employees, they come to realize that it's actually toxic. Sure. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you get so yeah. used to this certain type of workplace environment for the longest time that you see nothing wrong with it, but then somebody comes in, and to you they're being maybe a little sensitive or they don't understand, but in reality – it is a toxic workplace, you know, and you've just grown accustomed to it. So right. that stuff's really I mean, interesting. No, this is this is worth this is worth pointing out as a story because I mean, up until this point, we we were we, it was hard it would be hard to not stand in the middle and be like, well, he says this and he says that. I don't know, right? But now there's at least an indication of some formal kind of court system agreed with one of the sides, right? <laughs> to at least some extent. So now I'm kind of like. I don't know, guys. Quantic Dream. Maybe you guys got some weird stuff going on there. No, I'm. You know what I mean. Not that it matters if I take a side or not, but just. Well, and this this is also going to have ramifications for uh, game developer unions because that's a big thing now. You said who knows if they're a part of union. Ninety percent sure they probably weren't considering the the game industry is isn't really involved with unions, right? True. But this is going to be something that could potentially be brought up in those discussions of like. Hey, this is a reason we may need a union because this employee, what if they didn't win this case? What about these two other employees that their case was dismissed? You know what I mean? It could have gone different if there was a union in place. Who knows? Yeah. So the it's country like, thing plays into that too. Exactly. There's a leverage there to use this for either side of that argument in terms of game uh, game developer union. So mm-hmm. um, this is a very important story um, for not only Quantic Dream, but like we said, the industry and how things shape up and yeah, it's gonna see. It's gonna be interesting to see how all this plays out. Like, do we hear about the defamation lawsuit um, and where that stands? Like, does that get dropped because of this? Like you said, um, one of the employees that their case was dismissed is actually appealing it. So, who's to say if their appeal is heard? And then it becomes two employees who are found correct, and that changes things. Yeah. Um, I wonder if I'm not too familiar if Quantic Dream is publicly traded, like if they're owned by somebody. But I wonder if things get bad enough if david cage would be like removed um because he is seen as a leader of that studio you know what i mean so like mm-hmm. to change uh workplace environment who knows we'll see what happens in the coming months but it's interesting to see something play out because we're used to um the united states judicial system which we could go two years without ever hearing about what happens in a case so this right. one's actually a little bit speedier than what we're used to um but we'll see what happens um on a brighter note uh, Playground Games, obviously the people behind the Forza Horizon series, uh, Thomas Franzese over at Dual Shockers basically talked about how they're hiring a bunch of staff for their new open world action RPG that a lot of people believe is going to be the either reboot to Fable or Fable 4. And I want to talk about these hirings, Dom, because they're pretty substantial. Uh, and we'll talk about what this means for them afterwards. But Playground Games has hired several new staff members from studios like Bioware, Rocksteady, Ninja Theory, Motive, and Guerrilla Games. They've been hired uh, for their new Lemington Spa Studio, which is working on the unannounced open-world action RPG. The new hires include environment artists Scott Brown and Noel Lukasiewicz from EA, who worked on Star Wars Battlefront 2 and the Mass Effect franchise. Rocksteady's lead script writer, um, Martin Lancaster, as well as principal animator Chris Goodwell and QA lead technician Rob Dendecker from Ninja Theory. So this th- that's interesting because that's two people from a Microsoft-owned studio going to another studio. Because um, obviously, remember, now Microsoft owns both Playground and Ninja Theory. And the last one is really interesting. Joe McKernan, who's a lead UI artist, left Playground Games to work at Gorilla and Bungie and now is coming back to Playground Games. Mm-hmm. Which is you see the you see the thing there. He worked at a racing game studio. Probably wanted to work on RPGs and other types of games. Left to go work at Gorilla. Then left to go work at Bungie. And now he comes full circle. And he's like, "Oh, you guys are making an RPG now. I'll come back." You know, which is really cool. Um, the last thing I want to talk about before we go into these specific hires is the studio director Gavin Rayburn is now very optimistic. 
uh, we, you know, no wonder why. He says, I'm really pleased with the quality of team we're building here at Playground. We continue to attract world-class talent from around the world thanks to our exciting projects and the passion of our team. It's been a fantastic start for our second studio, and I look forward to seeing it continue to grow over the coming months. Um, he should be optimistic. These seem like a lot of great hires from, uh, who, who's to say how it plays out, but these are some great studios, you know. Bioware, I've, obviously lately you can have some concerns, but like the Mass Effect series, those guys worked on that. Um, Rocksteady, Ninja Theory, Motive, and Guerrilla Games. Like these are some great studios. What do you think about all these hirings? Fable. <laughs> do you think That's this confirms think. that it's Fable? Like all of these hires? I mean, what else, right? Like yeah, and, and I think there's potential. Yeah, these are obviously all good hires, but man, there's there's so much potential for like just a, a like the best fable fable game to be to come out right like yeah i played i think two and three and i'm like i thought okay at first it's like these are kind of quirky like they have like their own humor and you know a little bit of their own style going on and a couple good like hard choices but ultimately i was at, by the end of them I'm like i ah, but they still feel like kind of a generic rpg to me a little bit at the um, time they were great but bad. i do think that the game design and the way the rpg elements were in didn't age well with the way we've evolved the rpg genre you know at the time yeah. i think they were great but those are also games full of broken promises for peter molyneux so entirely yeah yeah there there's a lot of things going on with that i guess but all that being said there's so much potential that they could I, they could do like what cory barlock just did with for god of war right kind of like not necessarily change the formula entirely as much as God of War did, but put out the best one, right? Exactly. Let's put out the best Fable game. Like and just an, call it Fable. Kick we don't need Fable 4. Just call it Fable. Yeah, definitely not Fable 4. I would bet it's, yeah, either Fable or Fable colon subtitle, subtitle right? Yeah. Um, whatever it is, definitely the word Fable would be in there. They can't lose that. Um, and they, they own that IP, and it's been, it's been dormant for long enough that, you know, pu- putting it back out in a big way, I think, you know, that would prove to be valuable for, for Microsoft. But I just, there's so much there. They could make it I, – I start to see the pieces, like, um, just, like, really focus in on, like, the the choices and the story and things like that. I think they could make a great game. Um, and maybe – I don't know. This is why I don't want to get too into, like, what my ideas would be. Yeah. I just want to let them work on this and then, you know, let them let's let them surprise us and let's see what they got. Well, an interesting thing is, so, like, environmental artists from EA, right? Mass Effect and Star Wars Battlefront 2. Say what you will about, like, the microtransactions in Battlefront 2. Those environments are awesome. Like, they're really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rocksteady's lead script writer. Now, I'm unsure if this means dialogue script writing or if this means code script writing. Either way, like, I enjoy the stories in the Arkham games. I haven't... I haven't beaten Arkham Knight, but I've played them. And the coding, like the... So you're thinking about, like, the battle systems, like right? Like, the fighting system, the combo system, or, like, the way Batman moves and stuff. All of that's great. So depending on what the script writer means here, um, I'm interested in that as well. Uh, animator for Ninja Theory. Uh, people applauded the way the animation was handled in Hellblade. Um, Are you kidding? Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, a UI artist who worked for both Bungie and Gorilla. I mean, I always love the Halo, Halo's UI. Um, and from what I've seen from Horizon Zero Dawn, the, the UI looked really great there as well. Um, so like these it was are, actually kind of like, it was actually kind of like, it was, they gave you options to like turn some of it off. But yeah. by default, it was like, holy crap, there's so much on the screen. But that's also, but. but that's also part of the design though, giving the player the option to turn that stuff off. True. Like that's taken for that granted. Was, that's a, yeah, yeah. I was strictly talking HUD, I guess. UI is more than that, right? Yeah, it's all the like, menus and all that stuff, yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, these are some great hires. Like you, I think this pretty much means, like, yeah, it does. It's Fable, dude. Um, I do think people are like, oh, they're hiring these people now. This means this game's so, so far away. I don't think so. They could have gone through a lot of pre-production and stuff. I do think this game's probably, like, three or four years away, but people are like, they're barely starting now. That's not how game development works. I think they've probably been in pre-production for a while, and they're gearing up, and that's why they're bringing on all these people because they're like, oh, okay, we Mm -hmm. need to, like, put our nose to the grindstone and actually start this bad boy up. Um, But, yeah, like you said, I'm really intrigued because this has a lot of pistons in my head firing of like well if they hire this person then this means that this could possibly be something you know what i mean i'm really excited like i love the fable games from a nostalgia standpoint but that series does need to evolve 
If you ask anybody who's a fan of Fable, the only thing that people say 100% you need to keep this in the series no matter what is the humor. As long as they nail that yeah. British humor, that like dry humor, you're 100%. People will fall in love with this game. It's a great game. As long as it keeps that humor, you can change a lot about Fable um, and people will still love it. That's like the key thing is the chickens and the humor, which kind of go hand in hand. Um, and, and the last thing I want to say on this, even though it's not like... This might be, like, farther down the list of, like, news for the day or something. But this is, honestly, this you, we should treat this as big as, yeah. you know, Microsoft just bought a new studio or just created a new studio because that's literally what it is. It's just under an existing studio's name, right? Like, this exactly, is... Exactly, yeah. Playground Games is now big enough to be working on two large projects concurrently, right? So that's, that's basically the same effect of getting a brand new studio, right? Exactly, yeah. Um, so this is a big deal. That's my point. Well, and <laughs> they didn't – so, like, yeah, they, they, they bought Playground Games. Uh, well, they announced it at E3. So, like, they oh, bought right. – Yeah, they, they, they bought them before. knowing their Horizon studio. So they, they basically bought them for one game. Obviously, they've, they've been working on Fable for a while. But what I'm saying is they bought them for that series that people knew, and then now they have a second studio. So they essentially got a two-for-one in some ways because they bought one studio but with two studios underneath it, you know? It's like you said. Right. And also hiring all these people, depending on how many people they hire in – it is going to be like a brand new studio because who knows how many people right. are coming over from the racing playground games over to this, mm-hmm. you know? So And what, what made me think of that is um, that no-clip Bethesda documentary um, and at least the way that, like, uh, Bethesda Game Studios is structured where, like, they have, like, three different offices, right? And they're all working on primarily different things. There's a little crossover here and there, but, like, yeah. they each have their own big projects going on. Like, that could very well be three separate studios, right? Um there's some advantages of having it, you know, some collaboration here, but uh, you know, effectively, that's different studios all, all working on things at the same time. There's another thing I want to touch on real quick. It doesn't need to be a conversation, but I just want your 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 best guess. So there's a rumor going around that Xbox is still making major studio acquisitions, which mean you, yeah, of course, they're probably going to buy more studios. But according to insiders, one of them is the equivalent to Phil Spencer standing on stage destroying a PS4 with a hammer. Now, the way I take that statement, it, as like hyperbolic and dramatic as it is, is that it's a studio that's worked closely with um, Sony, right? Um, somebody who's a third party or second party. And basically, the equivalent of Phil Spencer smashing a PS4 with a hammer is breaking the hearts of PlayStation 4 because they're taking a studio away from them. That's how I see it. That's the only way I really can see it. So, that being said, my, my personal best guess for this is my heart wants to say Insomniac, but I don't think that's ever happening. Insomniac has always stated they're a studio that doesn't want to be bought. Ninja Theory said that too, but I think I don't think Marvel wants to step in the way of the Spider-Man franchise because I know that'll lend a lot of bad blood, right? If like they step in, they're like, we're getting Insomniac. Oh, Spider-Man 2? You're never getting it. Ha 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 ha. Obviously, they wouldn't act like that, but that would be the repercussions, right? Because Sony owns Spider-Man. Right. Yeah, so... I don't think I don't think Microsoft would want the the bad will of that. Um, the the studios that I would love would be from Software, um, Blue Point, something like that. Um, what's the studio that made the Order eighteen eighty six? They were brought up too. Yeah, I feel like they're first party. They're not. They're not owned by. Sony. They're not okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because they had that. They had that weird ball like animal ball game that was uh published by gamestop remember it was deformers it was like these weird like ball animal creatures and you would bounce into each other i forgot the name of the studio um my i think waypoint is the likeliest out of all the studios i can think of though i don't know if that's likely either but the from software one i think would be the shocking one of like jesus uh what do you think is most likely yeah, I mean, by that quote, that leads you to believe it's something that you wouldn't believe, which would be from software. Because, I mean, logic would tell you, like, well, they're too big. Why would they ever do that? They'd also, they're a flat, Japan right? studio, right? That's, like, completely opposite of what right. you think Microsoft, yeah. Right. So, I mean, all logic would be like, no, that's never going to happen. But given the the <laughs> the visualization provided by the quote with the hammer, you know what I mean? That sounds like it would be something to that scale. I just, But I still don't believe it, right? I mean, this is a quote from what someone insiders you know what i mean i i believe the first half that they are little, acquiring more studios the second half certain, i think is right. a little hyperbolic you know what i mean it's a little dramatic right yeah i mean you can't really just go around like 
buying studios that are putting out that buying large studios that are putting out games on all platforms like that they would have no reason to do that the cost would never be worth it right you you're buying like like they're doing right mid-size and smaller studios or and and or building them or building new studios up from the ground that's how you but they get your own powerful triple a ones right yeah but they haven't bought a quote-unquote major like playground games is major because their games sell really well but they haven't made a major acquisition so i could see them doing one i agree with you that like they can't go out and buy all these major studios but i do think that phil spencer and uh, satya nadella to be like we want this person in particular but they're going to be expensive um i could see them making an agreement for like one major one you know what i mean as opposed to, like, I don't think they, they could buy, like, multiples of them. But I stu- still think that we could see a major one. Um, who knows? It's it's tough, too, because we assume, and the way I'm taking the quote is, like, it's something closely associated to PS4. But also, this should be taken as it's a third party that you're pulling the, the thing away from PS4, right? So, like, it could be, like, a Remedy Games or, uh, Bun- well, I guess Bungie's owned by Activision, so that doesn't count. Like something like that, right? Like a third party, because then you're pulling them away. That's somebody that's not super closely tied to PlayStation. They're just like with both, and then you pull them away from that. Who knows? Um, people think we may see this announcement at Gamescom. I wouldn't be surprised, but I think they would just rather have this slide under the rug and then hold it for E3. Is my assumption? Because uh, you make the bigger splash. They could be owned for a while and then just not talk about it. Though, if it's a publicly traded company, that's going to come out. So you kind of have to like figure out how to do that. Um, do you remember how the Playground stuff got leaked? How they were buying Playground? What The way it happened is that Microsoft has a specific guy. I don't remember his name. But he's known for going and overseeing companies that Microsoft is about to buy. And he was spotted at Playground Games. And people are like... He's there. That's weird. I wonder if they're planning on buying Playground Games. And guess what? They bought them. It's a specific guy that Microsoft has. To like, He's really good at adapting company culture and stuff like that. So they have him go to the companies they're acquiring and like kind of get them familiar with the way Microsoft and Xbox works. Um, so, yeah, that's really weird how that leaked. I just thought it was an odd story. Um, let's get to the – as we're closing down, let's get to these NPD numbers. I'm going to roll through them. There's also some quotes regarding certain hardware and software sales. I'm going to roll through them, and if there's anything you want to specifically talk about, Dom, let me know. So the software top five for June, number five, Far Cry 5. Not not too crazy. That game sells like mad. Number four, The Crew 2, which is interesting because that game was poorly reviewed. Number three, Grand Theft Auto 5. Why not? The game just sells, sells, sells. Number two, God It's been on sale a lot recently like it's had its deepest sales uh, i think it was down to like 20 bucks for the first time ever and it had like a month or two. and it had a new update with gay tony from uh, uh, grand theft auto 4 because he was in the dlc okay. ballad of gay tony and he's in the new gta online update number two god of war um though on the you know looking at it, it's like oh it's a ps4 exclusive that's single player that's crazy but like we were talking about before the show it's a game that was like scoring tens and nothing really else major has released since it released. So it's like, it's just mm-hmm. picking yeah. up and steamrolling, you know, it's just, there's nothing. It's like Detroit came out, but Detroit didn't review the same way God of War did and doesn't have the mass appeal that God right. of War does. So yeah, we're talking steamrolling. We're talking June numbers and God of War came out, what, mid-May? I thought, right. I thought God of War was April and Detroit was May. Okay. No, you're right. You're right. But yeah. I mean, still, this is, June is still within its first two and a half months of release so like it's you know it's not shocking you're right exactly with the biggest release being like octopath that came out in that time um and detroit obviously um so here's some quotes here um by piscatella from mpd uh a this is the first time a nintendo entertainment system console has led in monthly unit sales since mpd tracking began in 1995 Think about that. With the success of the Wii, this is the first time a Nintendo system has led in monthly unit sales. And remember, there's a difference. We'll get to PlayStation led in best-selling console. That's in terms of revenue, not in units. The Switch had the highest units sold. So there's a lot of, like, you know, financial mumbo-jumbo that you have to read through. So, yeah, Switch sold the most units. PlayStation had the highest revenue. Uh, Sony surpassed 80 million PS4 units sold. The Nintendo Switch passed 20 million units sold. Great for both of them. Awesome. We anticipated PS4 passing 80. Uh, me and you had a discussion of will it pass 100. 
Uh, I'm probably really wrong that it won't. Um, it's definitely got on there. Yeah. Uh, and the Nintendo Switch <laughs> passing 20 million. We saw that coming to its tracking really well. Um, the Nintendo Switch was the only platform that produced software sales growth in June, as opposed to last year's June. That's kind of scary. We've heard the numbers about Fortnite and how sales are up 50% in software, but if you remove Fortnite, they're down 1%. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> and the oh, fact that Nintendo was the only platform that produced software sales growth from last year, that's kind of crazy considering God of War sold so well, and yet PlayStation still didn't see a profit from last year. Like, what did they release last June? Or even near it? I guess... Yeah. I guess Horizon was released a little bit er- like earlier than like God of War. Yeah. So maybe it just had a shorter tail, right? It's just weird. Um, it should be timing. They, yeah. Yeah. Um, lastly, in the quotes before we get to the best-selling games of 2018, Microsoft and Nintendo also saw their sales increase year over year. Xbox made almost twice as much as they did last year, and Switch sold more than 50%. Um, <sighs> Nintendo also sold the most consoles, which we got to... Um, so yeah, uh, the way it works is that Sony didn't see any software sales increase, but their hardware sold really well. Obviously it was the highest profitable Nintendo sold the most consoles. Nintendo's profits were up 50% and Microsoft's were up hundred percent. It was twice of last year. Um, it's like we said, they recently said that they made $10 billion in a fiscal year for the first time since Xbox's existence. So Xbox is fine, people. Don't don't worry about it. Um, lastly, the best-selling games of 2018, Dom. Let's see how surprised you are. From 10 to 1. 10, Super Mario Odyssey. Remember, this is only sold in 2018, and for all the Nintendo titles, it's excluding digital sales. So remember, for monthly, Mario Tennis Aces beat God of War, and you're not even counting digital sales. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, shit. So, number 10, Super Mario Odyssey. Number 9, MLB The Show, which is interesting. No offense to MLB The Show, but it's because all the other sports games haven't come out yet. I'm not trying to knock MLB, but it isn't as popular as Madden and FIFA. It just isn't. That's right. the reality of the situation. Well, and it's exclusive, isn't it? Isn't it only on PlayStation? Exactly. Number 8, so, yeah. NBA 2K18, which will be passed by NBA 2K19 when that comes out. Uh, 7, Mario Kart 8. Once again, no digital sales wow. there. So it could be higher than that. Number six, Grand Theft Auto V, because, you know, it's five years later and it still sells. Uh, One of my favorite surprises from the list, number five, Dragon Ball Fighters. Dragon Ball is one of those things, like, I know it's popular with people around our age demographic, but you never know if it's, like, a niche popularity, you know, or if it's, Mm -hmm. like, actually really popular. And to see that this is actually really popular is really cool. The fact that it's a fifth best-selling game. Number four, Call of Duty World War II. Not a surprise. Call of Duty sells like hotcakes no matter how much you want to hate it. Another one of my favorite surprises from the list, number three, Monster Hunter World. We've talked about before. Uh. I love seeing that their ability to make their game less obtuse and more general for the Western audience paid off. They took that risk and Western audiences loved it. Like I love that game still. I really enjoyed Monster Hunter World um, and I'm glad to see it as high as it is. Number two, we've already talked about it for June, God of War. Tremendous for a single-player exclusive title to be number two for the year. I don't know if it'll be in the top five by year's end just because of uh, third-party releases. And I'm even willing to bet that Spider-Man sells more than it. Like, hear me out. God of War will probably be the better game. I assume... I mean, I think Spider-Man's going to be a good game. I don't know if it'll be a 10. That's hard to match for any game. But Spider-Man is such a... It's the second most profitable superhero behind Batman. Like, it is super profitable. So, um, I don't think God of War will be the highest PlayStation exclusive. And I don't know if it'll be top five. Um, I do hope it does because I love when games that are, like, really highly reviewed or high in game, uh, game sold. Because that shows, like, hey, you can make quality games that also sell really well, you know? We kind of see that problem with movies where, like, a movie can be really good and flop in the box office, you know, um, just because well, I mean, of its off niche. The, off the top of my head, Red Dead, Fallout, um, Call of Duty, and Battlefield are all going to sell better than God of War this year, easily. Yeah, uh, but, Super maybe Smash. Maybe not, like, easily, but Smash will... I don't know, Smash... The, the only thing I want to say is think of the attach rate that Nintendo has. 
And like if Mario Tennis True. Aces is able to be the top selling game for a month, not including uh, digital sales, you don't think Smash is going to do that? Oh, actually, now that I think about it, it has the last way less time though. Yeah, it comes out in December, half a month. Yeah, I think it'll crack the top ten though. I think even though it's out for that short amount of time, I think it'll crack the crack the top ten. So what did you say? You said Battlefield. You said Fallout. You said Red Dead. Red Dead. Call of Duty. What else comes out this fall? It's a big game. Do you think no Tomb Raider won't sell more than God of War? I don't think it's third party though. Someone's a tough one. You know, because it's like releasing on everything. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. But their mar- those marketing campaigns are so huge, dumb. Like, not speaking to quality of game or anything, but just thinking about sales. I don't know. God of War selling so well though. That's a that's a really tough call. I, if I was a betting man, if you told me to pick black or white, I guess yeah, I'd pick God of War to sell more than Tomb Raider. But I guess I wouldn't be surprised. Um, we also didn't account for NBA Two K nineteen and Madden NFL nineteen. But I think both go. of those will sell better than God of War as well. Yeah. I'm just looking down the list. Um, and I think you're right about Spider-Man too. Just because even – it's not as late as Smash, right? It's only in like early September. Um, and like you said, it's a way bigger IP. So The thing too is I know we're all discounting this. Spyro is releasing multi-plat this year. And last year Crash only released on PS4. and I think it was in the top 20 for the year in sales. I do think Nostalgia could play a heavy factor. I do think Spyro could be in the top 10. Um, I'm just looking through the list here real quick. Did we say Assassin's Creed Odyssey? That's going to be a top five. That should be up there. Mega Man 11 will be interesting. I think that will hit top 15 for the year. I don't know if top 10. That game is like previewing really well. It just depends on how much Nostalgia feels people's sales. You already said Red Dead, right? You already said Battlefield. Uh, I'm just going through the list. Hitman 2, I think that game will sell well. I don't think it'll be a top seller for the year. Oh, Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. Those things are going to sell oh. like crazy. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. There you go. Not for There's, us, we, but we, those we put, stuff like hotcakes. So how many is it already? top like seven or whatever. Pokemon, Fallout, Call of Duty, Battlefield. I'm counting them on my fingers. Assassin's Creed, uh, FIFA, Madden, oh, yeah. NBA, and possibly Spyro. That's a nine, and and Red Dead. So ten, yeah. So mm-hmm. there's a chance that God of War can't be in the top ten. Um, man, that'll be crazy. I'll give it. In, I'll say it's in the top ten. It'll definitely beat Spyro, but there's just too much big third party behemoths. We don't have fall. to have any stakes or whatever, but I want to bet you. I think no. Spyro will outsell God of War. Whoa, all right, I'll take it. I'll <laughs> yeah, take it okay. We just got to remember that's a bet we made. I really think that Spyro's going to outsell God of War. Also, a huge thing is if the if the Switch port comes out before December, because then that'll be three platforms, whereas or four, because it's coming out on PC too. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I just the crash sales only being on PS4 and selling as well as it did really leads me to believe this one's going to sell like crazy. Um, I think it's the same price point too. It's like forty bucks. That's it for this week's show. Let's talk about real quick what we're going to be playing. Octopath Traveler for me. I'm going to try to touch Hollow Knight too. You're talking about finishing. It really makes me jealous. Um, Trying to think of what else. I need to get around to seeing Mission Impossible Fallout. I didn't have a chance to go watch it. And apparently, I've already got this spoiled for me. Uh, You know the Teen Titans go to the movies that came out, Dom? Apparently, the post credit scene was a trailer for the next season of Teen Titans, the regular show. And it like shocked people. Which is like a really uh-huh. interesting way to announce that. People wanted that old show to return, and they put it as an end credit scene for a movie of the new version of that show that not a lot of people like in comparison to the old version. That's really funny. That's like troll-level <laughs> moves. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, in terms of new games, I don't think there's anything... Oh, uh, Game Pass had some really cool additions this week. Uh, the beginning of August, the whole entire first Hitman game is now on Game Pass. So I think I'm going to download that and check that out. Um, And there was an indie game called Dundara that came out earlier this year. Uh, It came out on Switch and a couple other platforms. The cover is, I think it's a a black woman with like a brown scarf. Maybe it's a man, I'm not sure. But I think that's a a titular character. That's on Game Pass too. Um, So there's some cool titles that came to Game Pass. I'm really interested to check out. What about you? What are you going to be playing? Everybody's gone to the Rapture. I got to finish that. Um, otherwise, I don't. I don't know. Actually, I do know. I'll probably, if more time becomes available, 
keep get back to messing around with Battlefront 2. I forgot to mention it earlier. I finally finished that campaign and the uh, the DLC piece or whatever that came along with it, Resurrection. Um, so the campaign overall was not good. The gameplay and the way it tells you what to do is just really lame and boring and extremely unoriginal. But the ending to the story was actually pretty interesting. And then <clears throat> the DLC piece, um, the gameplay wasn't really any better, but the story was actually really good throughout um, and a very cool ending. And it, it was actually... It, it was actually interesting to i actually wanted to see what was going to happen yeah <laughs> towards the end of the the main game and then that that dlc it was a short it was like less than two hours i think but that was all really interesting so just had to throw that out there also shout out to jj abrams releasing the first shot from uh the set of episode nine super excited mm-hmm. it's something it's like like it's like a behind the camera with like the director's chair and stuff it's and it has like episode nine or whatever something crazy okay. but it's still cool yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, I am excited for episode nine. All of you, crybabies out there, whatever, you're still gonna see it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're all still gonna see it. Um, that's it for episode 105. Hopefully next week we'll have the crew back together, and uh, yeah, hopefully I, I'm I- able to either dent Octopath or Hollow Knight. Both of those are such long games, uh, not super long, but they require your time. So I'm like trying to manage both of them. You know, that's gonna be tough. I clocked, I clocked Hollow Knight completed at 25 hours interesting okay so the 40 50 hour mark is probably for everything i assume since you're 50 percent, that entirely makes sense yeah yeah um all right catch you guys next time thank you guys for listening if you can please review us on itunes follow us on itunes it helps the show grow subscribe to us on youtube even if you don't watch the videos like the videos if you watch them that also helps with youtube's weird algorithm uh, Twitter, you can follow us at CTRLINT, that's Controlled Interest Abbreviated. You can follow Dom at Dom Zorios. You can follow me at Jared underscore. I have a brand new Twitter avatar. Uh, it's a commission I had made of me wearing a Marvel shirt with uh, Growlithe. Um, which I saw that. Yeah, my favorite Pokemon's Arcanine, which is its evolution, but I kind of wanted a new avatar, and I was like, I found this artist that was doing some Easy Allies fan art, and I was like, I really like your style. How much for a commission? And he's like, I've never done a commission. And I was like, yeah, we worked on it and he uh he did it for me and i paid him and stuff and he wasn't even expecting to get paid but like for me being somebody who really appreciates art art isn't easy to make and that's a whole tough thing to a conversation with commissions is when people want art done there's a lot of assholes out there who don't understand how hard, hard art is to make and they undervalue art you know what i mean it happens a lot uh being somebody who does graphic design i've witnessed it firsthand um yeah so i really value and appreciate artists um so anyways i have a new twitter avatar (laughs) that ends that conversation thank you guys for listening and or watching we'll catch you guys next week have a good uh week